0: The Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the pre-Gloucester game quarterfinal of the European Challenge Cup and I've got William Davis on the line.
1: Good evening Alan, how are you?
0: Uh, I've been better William. I'm struggling today at the moment. I'm, I'm slightly under the weather so you won't hear too much of me on this, this podcast but uh, yeah, my name's Alan Deegan. We have, uh, we have an interesting enough show today, don't we William?
1: We do. We have audio from today's press conference. Uh, we've got a special interview with uh, Bundy Talking about his recent exploits and looking forward to Saturday. And we've got uh, myself and Rob discussing the press conference. Uh, He was there today doing the interviews. And we've also got some audio from today's Gloucester press conference. So everybody's getting in the mood for this uh, big game on Easter Saturday. It's uh, focusing everybody's attention at this stage.
0: It certainly is. Um, we'll also bring you uh, the latest injury list from Connacht um, and, a, and a partial injury list from Gloucester because we haven't quite got their full injury list. Um, we'll talk about our, our new signings and re-signings. So a busy enough show. So let's start off with the, um, the press conference with Ciarán Kane.
2: Ciarán, we just stays away now from the biggest game of the season. Is that a fair description? Is that the way you guys are looking at it as well?
3: Well, as it's transpired, it probably is the game of the, the big game of the season. Uh, certainly the interest from everybody is um, uh, ramped up. So yeah, look, yeah it's, it's great to be, be in the position we are and have an opportunity. So yeah, we're happy. You
2: you said there. Look, you acknowledge that it's kind of going to be a bit of a defining game as well in terms of Champions Cup aspirations, and maybe in terms of the whole campaign. But at the same time, you're not going to just call it a, the, the victory, the result, the absolute essential, or the be all and end all of
3: your whole campaign, either. No, no, I don't. I don't see it quite in those eyes. I mean, you know, the supporters really want to see us kick on, and, and of course we want to kick on. But um, in the greater scheme of things. Um, you know, We we have to be pragmatic and honest about things, so um, that's the way we we approach it.
2: No-one's going to f- remember those six games that you mentioned earlier that have slipped away, that have been really close, if Connick go all the way to a final in, in Bilbao, for example. It does offer a real chance to just completely change the narrative of, of this campaign, doesn't it?
3: Well, it does, but it's um, I'm a head coach and um, I... I can, rem- I can recall, and I've probably got the grey hairs from those six games or even seven games if you include another one, which was a bit of a hit-miss affair, so um, uh, I've got a big picture in mind, mm. and um, um, while supporters and people who, who follow the game, they get ent- entertained by one entity or another, and they don't remember those those painful, <coughs> painful growing pains, I do, and so do the boys, so...
2: You'll obviously take a lot of positives from the the attack play last week, and some of the scores kind of got. You'll take positives from the likes of Bundyaki coming back into the squad as well. But you're also hoping that things come click into gear pretty quickly with the players coming back in because they haven't had that extra game leading into this.
3: Act. Yeah, yeah, and I've just been quietly watching. You know, other sides um, embrace their their boys back, mm-hmm. and they haven't all gone uh, swimmingly. So. Um, I think by giving our boys plenty of uh, time um, to get over what was a magnificent uh, um, Grand Slam um, is probably going to be in our favour. Well, that's my opinion anyway.
2: Gloucester are going to be a tough team and they also, they're also they going to bring a big support. It's going to be some atmosphere.
3: Oh, it's going to be great. I mean, um, I know probably half a dozen of the players in the opposition pretty well. and um, They're a class outfit, got a great coach. They're... Um, they're In a similar situation and vein of form that we're in, um, it's going to be a good test, and there's uh, you know the the winner will take the spoils.
2: Just on that as well, you know, no bonus points, no no other things come into this. This is cup rugby. This is take your points. Is there any change to the way Connacht will go about, you know, getting their scores in the contest and just trying to put themselves put the scoreboard pressure on? As the cliche goes.
3: Um. I, I'm not sure how to answer that because, you know, we, we've got to play to our strengths and hide our weaknesses, and um, as every team does. So um, it, it's a difficult one to frame. I mean, as the game progresses and, and unfolds, you tend to get a sense of what, what is the best thing to do. Yeah. Uh, and the players are learning uh, alongside the management, you know, these things. So, you know, I... I don't think it will be one or the other. I think it will be just how how things unfold for us is how we'll approach the game.
0: OK, that was Kieran Kane, and now here's our special interview with Bundy Aki. Bundy,
2: first and foremost... Uh... Connick fans were obviously very very proud watching you playing for Ireland. So that's that's the first question I got to ask. Uh, Coming out of it, how much energy have you taken out of of
4: your experience over the last couple of months? Um, A lot. Um, I've learned heaps over the last couple of weeks, uh, eight weeks that I've been in camp. Certainly learned a lot of new things with the guys around me and the coaches that we had. So uh, yeah, look, I'm only looking to improve a bit more, and hopefully I could bring a bit of the uh, other things that I've learned here into the boys, and hopefully we can kick on.
2: Does, is there an element personally that you've experienced what you've experienced over the last couple of months that have made you even increase the belief in what you can achieve like does it feel like you've kind of kicked it to a new level and, and shown that you can obviously uh, take your talents to international stage
4: um, I think you just got to um, if you have that belief that you can keep improving like I don't think anyone I don't. if you ask any rugby player like you know everyone's looking to improve and if you're not looking to improve then obviously you won't get to a next level and I think for a majority of us players, we just want to improve and that's something that I'm trying to take on as a player, to keep improving and um, knowing that you can step up to the plate at an international level is, is pleasing, but you know you can't be satisfied there. you got to just keep making sure that you do the little things right and making sure that you're doing everything right to be a better player. When
2: you came here, you had Pat Lamb. Then this season, unlike some of the guy players, you had to deal with two new coaches obviously getting into the Ireland camp. Can you give me an idea what it's like coming in to work with Joe Schmidt some of the things you've learnt working with him
4: um, I think he's real big on his details mm. um, uh, I think that's one thing I've taken out of it is just making sure that you nail down your role and nail down what you need to do at the right time and because if you don't uh, everybody else on the field pays the price for it so uh, yeah, I think knowing your details, knowing your role, and making sure you execute the best you can, and I think that's one thing that I've taken on board from Joe is that you know you can only control what you can control, and that's your details. And if you get it wrong, then you obviously the yeah, price of the boys or price of the team will pay for that. So yeah.
2: Did you did he challenge you? Did you feel challenged? Did you feel like you had to push yourself up a bit in certain ways? Oh,
4: you always get challenged. Um, <laughs> I think you always get challenged uh, in that kind of environment. You know, um, certainly when you're not doing it. Um, the best of your ability and certainly when the ball's not in your area the ball's on the other side and you're not doing what's supposed to be done um off the ball you know you, you certainly get challenged there and the lads around you challenge you as well so um i think being in that environment you know you just got to be always on your toes and making sure when you get the opportunity to get reset or get the opportunity to um, help out the boys around you then you got to make sure you do it
2: we're used to watching you every week and we know what you bring on the field here in Connacht. Maybe the rest of the country is waking up to what you bring onto the field in terms of the subtle things. Uh, How much did you enjoy fitting into that role? For example, the assist you had in the try and it looks like to us, not unlike Connacht, you have a really good bond with your teammates as well there.
4: Um, Yeah, it's part of Joe's... uh little plays he brings out of his pockets here and there and uh, as I think the lads alluded to last week or the week before that um, after the game that that move did not work all week um, I got smashed a few times um, in training um, and somehow you know like the guys that trained against us the boys that who weren't named and the guys that trained against us trained real hard and put us under a lot of pressure and obviously when it came to the game it sort of worked out in our way and yeah look I think it's big credit to the management big credit to the boys who made us train harder and making sure that you know when it doesn't work at training we're going back into the laptops and making sure finding out how we can make it better and uh Play to the boys for doing that for us.
2: Way beyond laptops is like those celebrations at the end, the little huddle you had. What were you saying to the players, and 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 what do, you know? How much does it mean to you to have that kind of moment, like you had in Murrayfield with, with a group of new teammates?
4: Um, I think uh, the senior boys brought it upon. I said something at the beginning of the camp. Um, you know, something just to finish off and you know have initiation. And then, look, I think um, I think it's a big credit to the senior boys, a big credit to the boys for. Allowing me to do yeah. that and allow um, accepting the you know initiation and like you know we finished normally over here in Connacht we finished it in a Samoan way the way we talk but in the Irish setup you know, we spoke in Irish so um, that whole initiation at the end was all in Irish, Irish. Uh, so it was class you know and the lads obviously took it on their own way and uh, it was good to finish on that, because the boys there uh, certainly enjoyed it and I certainly enjoyed it myself so yeah.
2: Savage stuff This weekend against Gloucester Are you going to have A little bit of an extra Pep in your step Just because of what You've experienced Or is a game A game for you
4: uh, Look I'm just going to make sure i got to do my i got to do um, What I need to do mm. i got to fit back Into Connect um, Certainly it's a Different team So um, coming back into my boys uh, the boys here in Connick you know, I've got to make sure that I fit in not them fitting into me You know, they've been playing together for the last 8 weeks and I've been away so I've got to make sure that I fit into their system and fit into what they're bringing um, hopefully we can do the job this weekend at home
0: OK and we'll just go straight into the audio Ourself and Rob recorded in the, um, the sports ground directly after the press conference today William.
1: Yeah, we, we went up onto the old clan uh, Terrace there. The, uh, lots of mowers in action, sand mowers, grass mowers, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we had the place to ourselves. and it's, uh, But it's, it's looking in fine fettle. There'll be a lot of work there building up the terraces for extra accommodation. That'll be starting during the week, and uh, I'd say by, by Saturday, the uh, place will be looking absolutely spot on.
2: You heard from Bondiaki, and then obviously Kieran Keane during the press conference, chatting to myself and some of the journalists as well. Some interesting stuff there. I'm on the terrace the terrace Here with me is William Davis. It's a Tuesday afternoon. Dave Holland is zipping around the pitch on the moor, making it look perfect for Saturday afternoon.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's the start now of a big week. Uh, it has the feel of a big week. Mm. Kieran Keane, I wouldn't say he was playing it down, but he wasn't maybe absolutely buying into that this is the biggest game of the season. But it is is the biggest game of the season. (laughs) And he was saying that maybe for fans and stuff. And I thought he made made, made a lot of interesting points today. He looked a little bit... He looked a bit more relaxed today, I thought, overall. Yeah, great. Um about the fact that there are six or seven games that Connacht should have won in the Pro 14 and possibly one in Europe, and he still thinks about them, which I suppose is what coaches do, because that was in relation to a question about where how the season has gone. Um, and even a win on Saturday probably won't completely wipe those from his memory, but for the fans, for the organisation, for the city, for the players, for everybody, for the province, not only the city... This is where it's at because it gets you into a semi-final in Europe. It's an opportunity to to really make a bit of a statement, which which they need to do. They've they've had a couple of good wins this season, but this is this is this is the big one. It's going to be hopping in here on Saturday. Uh, Gloucester aside who he looted didn't really talk about the fact that, that they've won this competition a few times and Connacht have come up against them and have probably lost three games that they could have won and that sticks in fans minds that's what fans remember um, so yeah it, it's it's ready to go and uh, it's all about the performance on the day and uh, how, they, how they adapt to the pressure
2: Lots of work going on uh, On the pitch And on the dog track as well Everything being ready For what's going to be A busy weekend Yes, so interesting That you say that Because you know There is a certain amount Of grumpiness around the edges Among fans I think in general On Craggy last week And I presume Where most of our mindsets is We're we're reserving judgement Until we see how we do In the Challenge Cup Really on this season On this season And I think in terms of the wider direction that Connacht Rugby are taking under a new regime, there's a kind of a feeling that it's going to take a little bit longer before you can be certain of anything. New contracts being signed, some promising CVs being added to the team. But it all boils down to this season alone can really... I said it to Kieran Keane, I mean, there's only so much he can take on that, but the narrative can change if you get all the way to Bilbao. If you get to the semi-final, first and foremost, the narrative can change on that Pro 14 campaign. People can look back on it and say, all right, new coach lots of disruption, lots of learnings, but they didn't have to get it right when it mattered in the Challenge Cup.
1: Well, he's talked about growing pains for the team, and a bit more open today. He talked about players having to adapt and coaches having to adapt to a different way of playing, Mm. different playing systems. And they've alluded to that in the past, but maybe they haven't made as much of it. Mm. We've tried to make uh, mention of that, but it's a results business Mm. and there have been some poor ones and there's been some really shoddy performances where they've gone from playing well to the whole thing just dropping away
2: Zebra twice, Dragons once the Edinburgh game that slipped away from us you always mention the Leinster game because it was right there as a massive moment that's another one and then you think of the Cardiff home game in particular that's a lot of games
1: and of course Worcester away if they'd beaten Worcester we'd be playing Brieve here this weekend with a guaranteed well if we'd lost but if we guaranteed home semi-final I don't think we'd have lost to Brieve I think we could lose to Gloucester but Brieve are bottom of the top 14 and I think we'll arrive in Newcastle with absolutely zero to play for
2: I, I come here sorry to jump in but like the Worcester game and maybe just to tie it back to this week that Worcester game, it showed one thing which was a bad start and it's happened in a few of the key games and he's mentioned it here today as well and Lindy kind of referenced it at one point too and you'll have heard Lenny's questions but like Connacht have to start well in this game I know it's obvious in most games but more than ever they can't find themselves you know, chasing early on.
1: Well they were 12 nil down in Worcester and it looked um, it looked very tricky but they got themselves back into the game and I have to be honest with you, I think Worcester also Weren't really sure what they were doing in that match And they, they switched off And, and Connacht weren't able to put them away And sometimes there's a certain naivety at times Well, there's no room for that on Saturday It has to be absolutely from minute one Because I think Gloucester last week Just to show them They were 17 nil down at London Irish Yeah Then they got back and got control of the game And then they went to sleep again And that's what their season's been like They have been very inconsistent So... On Saturday, it's 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 a it's about the start and it's about how, how you set up, and it'll be noisy in here. They'll have a lot of supporters, but it's uh, everybody's here to everybody will be here to roar on, it, look, looking for a connaught win and expecting it.
2: We've lots to look forward to this weekend, folks. Uh, Alan later in the podcast will detail it uh, for you, but we're. Pro- hoping to do a morning podcast just as an experiment because we're going to be here nice and early. I recommend you get into the city early and enjoy the delights of going in the morning and then get down to the ground early because there's going to be ooh, at least a 1,000 Gloucester fans, I'd say, or something towards that. If there's 600, that will look incredible in this venue. If there's a 1,000, it'll be like something we've never seen before. We're expecting a load.
1: Yeah, they're supposed to be. It's interesting, their forum site hasn't been making much play about this game. I think they've been really concentrating. Look, they're chasing a top four in the Aviva Premiership. Which would be a huge statement for them. Uh, they're a little bit off that pace at the minute, but they're not far off.
2: They'll feel better after that turnaround last week.
1: They, they, they will, and uh, they've got some big games to play in the Premiership. But I, I think their eye is firmly on this competition as well. Newcastle, I'm not sure about, because, uh, and they would be more than likely semi-final opponents if Connaught win because top four for them is probably more doable. That gets them into a playoff over there. There's prize money. So there's all these sides at this time of the season. You want to be competitive. And Connacht are still competitive until the referee blows that final whistle on Saturday evening. And if they win, they're still competitive and they still have something to play for. And that's the drive that has to be in the players' minds to keep going forward.
2: All right. I think that's it. Any other thoughts from the press conference today?
1: No, just the fact I, I, I thought um, there was a lot more people there today than normal. And... Um, I think Kieran Kane was uh, he he 's very fond of Bundyaki you can tell a, he, he just appreciates that he 's a class player, but I thought he looked very relaxed. I think maybe the fact that the signings are sorted out a little bit, and he probably knows now who 's staying and who 's going we don 't fully know that, but we 're getting close uh, and unfortunately, for some players there 'll be a list coming out at some stage which will be saying the players who aren 't being retained and that 's tough that 's professional sport it 's amateur sport as well. Players get tapped on the shoulder all the time, and told. I think when we don't see a place for you in in the current setup or whatever, that maybe has relaxed him a little bit. And let's hope he's as relaxed at about uh, maybe 3:10 on Saturday evening, sitting in the media room when uh, Connacht have got this job done.
2: What was he saying to me about developing some grey hairs on those uh, results? Like when he was saying it, I was like, uh, should I reference the uh, hair, hair colour I carry with me here? But I didn't bother. Thought so it's best not
1: to. Um, that's purely down to mayo, Rob.
2: <laughs> exactly. I had some sort of comment in my head, but I said, stay on topic. OK, that's it from us. Back to Alan and William as well.
0: OK, good stuff. Good stuff from the guys. Um, I think covered most, most parts of the match there at this stage. Um, so, yeah, let's, why don't we just go straight into the next set of audio. Um, and
5: that's some audio we have from Gloucester. Connell played Edinburgh on Friday night. I'm sure you've seen some footage of that. What did you make of their performance?
6: I mean, um, you know, we, and I don't say this just to, you know, make it sound like, um, you know, uh, we just brushed it off, but I mean you can't read too much in the result because it they probably out of that competition and maybe the focus is not there. Where this is a big chance for them to do well in a in a high, highly rated competition, you know. So um, it is at home for them, um, so they're going to be highly motivated. And then obviously we've got the likes of David Humphries and Johnny Bell and um, Richard Hibbard and etc. Who've played a lot of games there in the past, and they obviously. Told us what you know. It's not a nice place to go. It's uh, you know, and the weather can change and etc. And the crowd is, is quite verbal, and the team will be up for that. So it's a big challenge, you know. It's a, it's a, of of what we had to go down there and do. So and then if you look at them as a team, they've got um, you know quality players, and they like to play attacking brand. Um, and they like to keep the ball and, and counter attack. So you will be tested, um, you know, uh, all, at, at all fronts. And then up up front, they're quite physical. So we have to look at that as well.
5: I mean, it could be quite an emotional game for them, couldn't it? Because John Muldoon's coming to the end of his career. He's retiring at the end of the season, and with all the all the all the feel-good factor around rugby in Ireland at the moment—they'll they'll they'll feed off that.
6: Yeah, for sure. And like I said, you know, they've got a lot of reasons why they want to make it a, a good game, and purely because there's a, a trophy up for grabs, and you're two games away from that. So yeah, so um, they'll be up for them, Like you said, you know, with the player coming to an end, it's always a motivation if 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 a team uh, gets behind a play like that. But saying that, you know, obviously we've got our aspirations as well, and and we also want to you know hopefully go further in this competition so um hopefully we'll do a much better performance than the weekend.
5: Just one more on Connor. I saw them at Worcester in the early stage of this competition. Um Bundiaki had quite a strong game. O'Halloran and his and Adialokan are quite sort of elusive runners, but they actually looked better when they tightened the tactics up. So what are you expecting?
6: Well they will use those uh, top players and um again like I said they they when they get the opportunity, so you know obviously they we we're not, at the moment we don't know what the weather's going to be, but you look at them when you when they play the cheetahs, they do spread the ball and they do want those x factor players getting hands on ball, but then you've looked at games where the conditions maybe didn't allow it then they you like you said they're not scared to mix it up and be quite direct, so we again defensively have to prepare for for a bit of both. And then the most important thing is we have to attack better, you know, um, especially from the start of the game. I think if we're going to allow them to dictate um, the the tempo and the physicality and, and the start, we'll be in for a long day. But if we can match that and we can make sure that we're in the game, um, hopefully, you know, we'll have the ability to, to put them away.
5: In a nutshell, is this, is this a, a tricky tie, do you think?
6: Oh, for sure, <laughs> you know, um, I think purely, like you've you've summed it up, you know, um, Ireland is in a good space with their rugby. They are a good side. They've got quality players, and um, I'm not sure how much of the team that we will be selected have have played there before. So it is a tricky tie, but um, this is where I, you know, want the team to understand that we control um, our preparation, we control um, our attitude when we run onto the field, and. We have to be able to be compete even if we play away from home.
5: Lewis, our media colleagues in Galway asked me how seriously Gloucester were taking this game and I said very.
7: Was I right? Yes, definitely. Of course we are. Um, you know, we, we said a few weeks ago that we, we are going to be taking each game as one week at a time and you know, this is the game this week and it's, it's the biggest game. E- each game from now on is our biggest game of the season. So yeah, we're taking it very seriously. It's a, it's a big competition and you know, we've had some good, good times in that competition. So yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to it. But also some disappointment from last season. Is, 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 is there still a wrong to right from that day? Oh, I don't know about wrongs to right, but yeah, definitely some hurt. You know, that that was that was a tough one to take up there, and um, it'd be nice to to go back there and, and put it right this time. In terms of Connor, um, can you sum them up? What have you what have you got to watch out for? Um, I think they're pretty similar to us in the way that you know they will play from anywhere. They're a side with you know a lot of workmen like forwards, and you know at home they're very good. So. Um, I think you know we, we'll take the challenge to them, and, and we'll see how it goes. Last week you recovered after a poor start in Zebra. You recovered after a poor
5: start. What you wouldn't want to do is to let them get their tails up.
7: No, d- definitely not. You know, speaking to the boys that play that ground before, it's, it's not. It's not. You know, it's a pretty hostile place, and um, you don't want to get their tails up with a big score. So we'll be aiming to you know go out firing from the blocks. Yeah, they um, they're, they're a decent side. You know, they're well coached. So. You know, I've, I've heard the conditions there aren't usually great, so it's going to be a, a bit of a slug, slug match, um, you know, um, probably a little bit more kicking and quite a physical physical game. So, you know, we're, we're prepared to, to go to battle and um, you want to know that physicality is going to be very important.
5: But equally, they've got one or two runners, actually in the back three in particular, who, who are quite sharp and pacey and, and, and can finish.
7: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, they're, a, they're a good counter-attacking side. And, um so you know we've got to make sure that when we do kick, we kick well. Otherwise, um, you know they, they could exploit us there. So you know we're aware of that. So um, hopefully, um, yeah, we'll be on song.
0: Okay, that was uh, head coach Johan Ackerman. Then you then you heard uh, flanker Lewis Ludlow, followed by fullback Tom Marshall, and um, they seem really up for this game, don't they, William?
1: Yeah, I look there's a big prize for them at the end of this because if they win this they, they the semi-final will be uh at King's home. Uh it's it's one of these strange anomalies that you have if you're an away team in the quarter-finals uh and you're not in the top 4 seeds. Um you can get a home semi-final. So even though Newcastle would be or brief and we'll we'll be doing a little preview later on but I uh, I have to say, you no. might as well say it. I think Newcastle are going to beat Brave. Uh, but Gloucester would actually bring them to, to King's home for a semi-final. And it's a competition they've done well in. Look, they've won this competition. They were in the final last year. They've won it twice recently. So it yeah, means to, a lot Yeah, to they won,
0: them. They, they beat Edinburgh in 2015 and then actually way back in 2006 they bet London Irish. Having, and then, as you say, last year they, they got beaten by Stade Francais in the final.
1: Yeah, so... They've got a big history in this, um, and I think, I think they probably feel they are capable of beating, beating Connacht. They certainly uh, have beaten us three out of three. We've played them three times in Europe, um, twice in the Champions Cup, or the Heineken as it was then in 2011, games that probably, particularly the away game, uh, Connacht should have won. And then there was the famous playoff match a couple of years ago when referee decisions possibly were instrumental in Connick kind of losing that game. I think, it was, I think it might have been a game that went to extra time. So there's a history there.
0: It did, yes, it, it did go to extra time. There was that famous last-minute decision by Roman Poit to give them a penalty which allowed him to draw the game and then they, they pulled away in, in extra time. And of course we have Mr Poit on, on Saturday too
1: yeah that's uh i was trying to forget his name but they, <laughs> he he reminded me um and i've spoken to a bbc journalist yesterday ian randall who um was at the commentated on the worcester match uh against Connacht, and he's involved in the production of this game although he's not actually coming over to go with and he said they are definitely targeting this um and they're look they're they're doing quite well in the premiership so it's a it's an it's an intriguing one and we'll have a much better idea we'll be doing a special podcast on match day podcast on saturday morning so look out for that we'll be recording it uh in galway around breakfast time on saturday and we'll have a much better idea because we'll have the two teams in front of us and we might have an idea then as to how who's playing well we will have an idea as to who's playing we'll have an idea what the weather conditions are like and we might be able to draw some more definitive conclusions as to how we think uh, Saturday's game is going to go. One thing we can say is tickets are going very, very quickly. It's a one o'clock kickoff. The match will uh, probably be a sellout. So if you're looking to go, get your tickets. Get there early. The gates are opening at 11 o'clock. And um, it'll be it'll be busy. It'll be exciting. And... Um, very much something to look forward to.
0: Exactly, exactly. And uh, just looking at the forecast uh, at the moment, it looks like Saturday should be okay for a game. It'll be 9 or 10 degrees by lunchtime with, with very little chance of rain and a uh, relatively light breeze. So hopefully it's perfect and it's you know no excuse for people who don't have a ticket not to go out and buy one and, and come and see what should be a cracking match because they like to play the game. They like to throw the ball around much like Connacht do. So it should be a, an absolute stonking
1: match. Yeah, it should be. It should be. Um, Just looking at Connacht, obviously, we'll have a big squad to pick from. I mean, the injury list has, has remained very static. There's been two slight additions since last week. I'll give you those first. Owen Griffin sustained a minor hamstring injury in the game against Edinburgh. And it was kind of indicated today that he won't be available at the weekend. And somebody from the periphery of the team, Rory Schools, sustained an ankle injury in a club game at the weekend and is awaiting the results of a scan. Uh, and the others remain the same. Just We'll run through them just in case people aren't aware. Prop J.P. Cooney is recovering from a hamstring sur- injury surgery and will be out until May. Uh, Pat O'Toole is continuing his rehabilitation from a hamstring in- injury. Andrew Brown is continuing to reintegrate into full squad training. uh, after being injured against the Ospreys. Jake Heenan is rehabilitating from shoulder surgeries out till late April. And Keane Kelleher has undergone surgery for the ankle injury he sustained in South Africa against the Cheetahs and he's out of action until May. But everybody else is fit and ready to go. And uh, I suspect training this week will be pretty intense. There'll be... Everybody will want to play in this match. And
0: there'll
1: there'll be 23 very happy guys when the squad is announced and there'll probably be a few people a bit disappointed, but that's what what you want. You want as many people putting their hands up to play. You want that in all matches, but this has a certain there's more of an interest in this. It's something different. It's Kieran Kane today. He didn't quite go as far as saying it's season-defining or it's the most important match they've played, but I think for the fans and everybody else, we all know this is this is where it's at at the moment, and we need the sports ground absolutely rocking on Saturday.
0: Okay, and 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 one player that that doesn't appear to be available for selection at the weekend is Sean O'Brien, who doesn't appear on the official EPRC squad list uh, on the EPRC site for Connacht. Um, and looking back to see you know why why that was so, he was. Um, he was injured and removed at one stage earlier in the season when he you know when he got injured back in september and then in march when the club had the opportunity to add three players which every club does once the pool, season, pool part of the um once the pool part of the competition is finished Connacht put in three players they put a back in in Cormac Brennan they put a prop in in Conor O'Donnell and then they chose Andrew Brown who had just come back from injury at the time now Sean O'Brien was available at the time because he was back in February, so it looks like there was a decision made to choose Andrew Brown over Sean O'Brien at that point in time. Um, unless something has happened in the meantime, we don't know about it, but we're only looking at that. It does it does seem unfortunate, especially when Sean O'Brien playing so well.
1: Yeah, I suppose you have, to, you have to make choices and you have to make a decision on a, a particular day. Um, it's just the way that the competition is set up I suppose it's the same for all sides they're allowed to register 41 players mm-hmm. um, which is quite a lot but um, if if that is the case uh, it is rather unfortunate but they'll just have to uh, they'll have to get on with that and um, hopefully the player that is selected will be uh, ready to go
0: OK and before we move on to the next section just a quick thank you to Sports News Ireland for their continued support Um we really appreciate them getting us out there in the world and uh, our chat about Connacht Rugby. So thanks again to Sports News Ireland. Right, next bit. We can talk about our new signing that we didn't get a chance to talk about at, uh, after the match because it came so late uh, on Friday. Um, David Horowitz, we've signed a new out-half from Australia.
1: He's yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. He's... Um He's with the Melbourne Rebels at the moment, um, but he's leaving the Melbourne Rebels at the end of the super rugby season. Uh, he hasn't actually played for the Melbourne Rebels. He came down from the Waratahs where he had been playing uh, quite a bit of rugby. and um, It's one of these slightly odd ones. It looks like a new coach has come in to the Rebels and has maybe felt that it's it's a player that he's, he doesn't see a role for. I, I, I'm I, I'm a bit baffled by it, really, because the Wartos were very unhappy to see him go. Mm. Um, and certainly the, the media were saying that it was a disappointment for them that he was one of their standout players last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's now leaving by mutual consent at the end of the season. So, um, yeah, it'll be great to get him here and we'll see, we'll see what he's made of. He's been playing a lot of rugby at centre, but he's played a lot of his earlier rugby at out half. And it's always exciting to see a new talent come along. Uh, he's a young chap. Yeah, he's,
4: he's uh, only
0: 23. Like, I think the slight difference between, what now, we're signing players who are actually playing Super Rugby and are quite young.
1: He'll obviously come at the end of the Super Rugby season and start to, to, to fit in. Um, there might be some more. We've had some other players re-signing this week.
0: Yeah, Kaelin Blade, Conor McHughon both scrum halves, and then two props in Dominic Robertson, mckay and, and Peter McCabe. So it's um, good news all around, keeping the keeping the squad nice and strong.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, I think retention was always something that uh, Pat Lamb spoke a lot about, uh, but not every player gets retained. And I think Kieran Kane has he's indicated he he's getting his team together now. Yeah. Play, anybody anybody that's kept now or anybody who's joined is because he sees a role for them yeah. within the structure.
3: Mm.
1: And to be blunt, anybody that isn't kept at the end of the season, and that'll probably be announced fairly shortly, who's going, mm. uh, is also his choice. And that's how what coaches have to do. You know, international players, player like uh, Bundy, we won't see as much of him next season. He'll be a vital part of the Ireland squad going forward, getting into the final year before a World Cup. So you need cover, but a coach needs to have confidence in all the players that are at his disposal. And I suppose as well, he needs to feel that there are players who can be moulded to fit the system. And um, that's, that's essentially where we are. We'll, very shortly, we're going to know exactly who's going to be available for next season. You know, once this season ends... You give it a couple of weeks, and you start talking about next season because the fixture list comes out, and you start looking around and saying, "Well, who are we going to play here and there?" But um,
0: yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm well, let's back. let's stick to this week. Let's stick to the present, and you know, as you say, a huge game on Saturday. We're going to do a an early morning podcast and have it up as quickly as we can, uh, almost live, practically. Um, so without, you know, with, with our thoughts and the team news from both sides, and you know. Um, what we think of our chances and how we're going to get on on Saturday.
1: Yeah, to give people a feel of the day, uh, Gloucester are bringing a lot of supporters, we're told. So they should be, they're arriving, of course, for a historic Good Friday where they'll be able to go into a pub legally and get a drink and uh, not have to go into a hotel and pretend to be a resident or uh, go into a pub with a secret knock on the back door. <laughs> and of course, I've I've never done anything like that on a Good Friday. But no, um, of course not. Of
0: course not. And there's never been there's uh, never been special rugby matches held in rugby clubs on Good
1: Friday either. Um, that, I, 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 absolutely not. Um, and of course, anybody who remembers, we have actually played games on Good Friday at the sports ground <laughs> and got very big crowds. Um, but they, they will add to it. They're uh, they're a pretty vociferous bunch. Um, they're. They're an interesting club they're a very interesting history. We'll go into a little bit of that on Saturday for you, so please keep an eye out for that podcast uh if you're travelling to the game, it'll be something to to tune into if you are coming for the final time I'm gonna say, get there early. There will be a lot of traffic around yeah gates are open at eleven, and it's gonna be hectic it's It's perhaps not the most convenient kick off time, but uh television dictates these things. Uh, We'll be live on Galway Bay FM. Rob Murphy and Joe Healy. And um, So if you can't get to the game, tune in to them. And we look forward to talking to you on Saturday morning.
0: Okay, that's good stuff. I'm going to go and lie down and try and recover from this illness that I've got. I'm not even sure what it is. But, um, yeah, I need a rest after all that. So thanks very much, William. Take it easy.
1: Good night, Alan.